Hey Alabama youth, this is Nate Harrelson, Section 8 Youth Director slash Director of Promotions for the Alabama Youth Department. And I just want to say that it is an incredible honor to be able to give you your AYD Connect uh, daily devotion tonight. And I hope it blesses you just like the others have blessed me. Uh, what incredible ministers have spoken and uh, really drawn us in. I give honor to Brother Adam Maddox, Brother Anthony Roberts, uh, the Youth Committee, but not just those guys. Uh, they're important, but their wives and their children. What a great team uh, we have to serve along, and I'm just thankful that I get to be around such great people and, uh, and build such great bonds with these guys. Um, I want to talk to you tonight about the heart. The heart is very important. We all know that. Uh, we know that it's something vital for survival, that you can't, you can't live without your heart working. And so uh, just like it is important for your physical life, it's also important for your spiritual life. Uh, one thing I go back to is that whenever Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, the Lord would harden Pharaoh's heart. And that's always something that I've always uh, wanted to pray that, Lord, please don't harden my heart. Please soften my heart for the things that are of you, uh, for the service, for, for the preaching that's about to go forth, for the music. I want, it, I want everything to fall on good ground. I want my heart to be receptive of the things that are of you. And so tonight, uh, I want to bring your attention to Proverbs 4 and 23. Solomon put it like this. He said, keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And uh, whatever the heart longs for, the ears will hear and the eyes will see. The NIV puts it like this, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. And so my dad has, always, has used this analogy before during church. And it's been one of my favorite stories that he's ever used. And so I want to use it tonight that once upon a time, a certain town grew up at the fountain at the foot of a mountain range and and this town had uh it, w it was it was down below and it had a massive mountain that was built up and there was a guy at the top he was a hermit he was a kind of strange fellow he's an older man and uh he was called the keeper of the springs he patrolled the hills wherever he found a spring and he cleaned it from its brown a um, pool of mold, of, of, of mud, of fallen leaves, and, and took away from the spring all foreign matter to make it clean so that the water which bubbled up through the sand ran down clean, cold, and pure. And it leaped sparkling over rocks and dropped joyously in, in crystal cascades until swollen by other streams. And it became a river of life to the busy town below. And so the city council, they were a group of hard-headed, uh, hard-bulled businessmen always looking to gain a dollar. And they were scanning their civic budget one night, and they, they saw this keeper of the spring salary. And uh, they were wondering, what, why, why should we pay this man? Why should we pay him? Because we never see him. He's never around. He's not down here in this community. Um, he's not necessary to our town's work of life. And if we just build a reservoir, we can get around him. We can, we can do his work for him. And so that's what they voted on. And, they, and it passed in the city, uh, voted to dispense with the unnecessary cost of the keeper of the springs. And so the keeper of the springs no longer visited the brown pools, but watched from the heights as the reservoir was being built. And uh, soon it filled up with water. It did its job. And uh, but the water did not seem to be the same. It wasn't it wasn't quite as good as as a guy that was out there cleaning it. 
Um, it, it would soon have a green scum that would befoul uh, the water and it would it is stagnant surface and there was constant troubles with the delicate machinery in the millworks or there was also um, the the animals that would move to a different pond or, or a different spring uh, to get away from the nasty water and at last an epidemic raged in the city and the yellow clammy fingers of cygnets uh, reached into every home and every street and every lane in that city. In the city council, they met again. They're wondering, what in the world is going on? Why is this happening to us? And so as they begin to think, they, they, they acknowledge the mistake of the dismissal of the, the keeper of the springs. And so they sought him out of his hermit hut high in the hills and begged him to return. And, and gladly he agreed and he began once more to make his rounds and to help clean out the water. And, and soon the mill wheels would turn again and, and the water would sprinkle down uh, uh, clean and free of, of mold, of leaves, and, and the smell would disappear. Sickness waned. And it, and it finally cleared up and everybody was back to normal. And just like the, uh, the wellspring or just like the spring in, um, in that story, the spring in your heart, the wellspring of life, your heart is just as important to make sure that we're cleaning it. Uh, sometimes we push off things and we, we like to call them the little things, prayer, fasting, reading the word. Sometimes we push them off because we're busy. We, that's sometimes the most, or it is the most important thing, but sometimes it's the first thing that we push away. And once we do it once, it becomes easier to do it the next day. Well, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. If we pollute our spring, the toxins will spread and before long, we have hidden appetites that were easy to suppress when they were small, but now they're open sins. They're harder to cover up, and it comes with public shame. It's easy to hide that little sin um, whenever it first starts, but as it gets in the wellspring, as it gets in the spring and pollutes the rest of the body, it's harder to hide. If enslavement or sin infiltrates the heart or the wellspring of life, it will spread to the rest of your body. It will it, it will spread to the rest of your spiritual being. And if the heart longs for material things and puts the things of this world in mind before the things of God, the result is a tragic loss. We ought to keep our heart with all diligence. And then as I'm wrapping up tonight, I want to turn your attention to a couple of scriptures. Psalms 12 and 2 talks about a double heart. It says, They speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips, and with a double heart do they speak. Proverbs 28, 14 talks about a hard heart. Happy is the man that feareth alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall away into mischief. Proverbs 21 and 4 talks about a proud heart. A high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Hebrews 3 and 12 talks about an unbelieving heart. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Matthew 24 and 12 talks about a cold heart. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And I'm sure all of us have heard this last one. Psalms 51 and 10 talks about an unclean heart. And it can be used as a prayer. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. David, he knew 
what his problem was. He asked for the Lord to change his heart because he knew the exact place of his uh, of his trouble. He knew the source to his trouble, and that was his heart. And we must watch for our hearts not to become enslaved with the want for material gain, for for the want of this world, because we got somewhere we we are going. And uh, we're trying to make it to heaven. So I urge you tonight that during this quarantine, while you're locked in your home, you don't have anything to do but play your PlayStation or do online shopping. Let me tell you, there's a God that still loves you. There's a God that still cares for you. And He wants you to seek after Him. He wants you to read His Word. He wants you to fast. He wants you to talk to Him. And uh, that way that when we come out of this, that we, the church... We, the church, are stronger than ever before, ready to take our cities, ready to increase our youth groups, and ready uh, to, to be the Christian that we ought to be, to be, um, to be what God has called us to be. Have a great, great night. Love you all. Can't wait to see you at youth camp.